Thank you for joining us here on Red Star Reviews, the podcast. Um, This episode is an episode I'm very much excited about. I've been looking forward to talking to you all about this. Um, But just in case you've never listened to any of the episodes of Red Star Reviews, and this is your first one, what this is, is this is a book podcast. I'm a book reader and reviewer. Um, He just has a great passion for the books that he enjoys, and I've been sharing those on my website and on my blog, on my Instagram and Twitter and all those places, and I decided to go ahead and launch a podcast that's devoted to books in the book world. Mostly it's going to deal with fantasy and sci-fi, as that's what I read. Um, I hope that you go back and listen to the past few episodes, and for all who have listened to it and rated and reviewed it and interacted with me about it, thank you all so much. I've enjoyed all those interactions so much. Um, So thank you, and thank you for listening to today's episode. Now, on to what this episode is about, because like I said, I'm very excited to bring it to you. If you've been following me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or following my blog or listening to this podcast, you know that there is a special month of reading um, that takes place every January that I just enjoy and I talk about a lot, and that is Vintage Sci-Fi Month. Vintage Sci-Fi Month takes place every January, and it is just one of my favorite, favorite times of reading. There's just so many quality books that I encounter during this time. But more on that later, let's talk about what Vintage Sci-Fi Month is. When did it start? Who started it? What does it entail? How do you join into Vintage Sci-Fi Month? I'm glad you asked. And even if you didn't ask, you're still going to get to find out the answer. So Vintage Sci-Fi Month, um, I was just talking with the founder a little bit earlier. Vintage Sci-Fi Month was founded by a book review friend of mine back in the year of 2012. Um, That's the official year that we're going to go ahead and go with. It's possible that there were some early traces of it in 2011, but the official Vintage Sci-Fi Month, Not a Challenge Month, was launched in 2012 um, under the title of Vintage Sci-Fi Month, Not a Challenge. Because it's not a challenge per se. It's not a one of those snap certain photos or read specific books by specific authors. It's really a time just to enjoy reading sci-fi books or watching sci-fi movies or even listening to audio dramas um, of science fiction nature that were released, published, or created prior to 1979. Why 1979? That's the birth year of the founder of this. Who is the founder? All right, let's go ahead and dive right into this. Venture Sci-Fi Month, like I said, was founded back in 2012 by Redhead5318 on Twitter, or as her um, website is, Little Red Reviewer dot wordpress.com. So Little Red Reviewer uh, is a fan of science fiction and is a fan of vintage sci-fi. And back in 2012, she decided to go ahead and invite the world to go ahead and join her on reading and enjoying some vintage sci-fi. Now, since this isn't a challenge, the rules are a little bit loose. The concept is enjoy vintage science fiction. Now, you could All day long, you can start an argument about, well, what's vintage sci-fi? Is it pre-this era, pre-that era? Is it stuff from 1960 or 1940? So instead of getting bogged down in the details, 
Little Red Reviewer said, Vintage sci-fi is anything that came out prior to the year of my birth. So that's 1979. That's the official date that we're going year that we're going ahead and making anything prior to that is vintage sci-fi. Now, that's not even a hard and fast rule. If you're sitting here and you're like, well, I want to read stuff that came out prior to my birth year and you were born in 1984 and you have a book that was written in 1983, it's okay. Read the book that was released in 1983. It's vintage. It came out before you were born. Our target goal will be prior to 79, but anything that was created prior to your birth year is fair game in the vintage sci-fi month world. So enjoy. If you have a date of birth that stretches back to, say, 1930 or 1940, and you're kind of struggling to find a lot of vintage sci-fi, go ahead and just use 1979. That's fine. If you're born in 1992 and you just want to read a sci-fi book from the 80s, read it, enjoy it, and enjoy some vintage sci-fi. Okay, so the basic, it happens in January. Anything that was published prior to 1979 or your birth year is considered vintage, and it's supposed to be science fiction. However, we are also open to fantasy. If you really want to read fantasy book that was published prior to your date of birth, it's okay. Enjoy it. It can still fit into Vintage Sci-Fi Month. And that's it. Now, we also would like it if you use the hashtag, hashtag Vintage Sci-Fi Month, if you're tweeting or if you're on Instagram and posting about it. We uh, also would love to hear from you. So if you have a website or a blog and you're going to be blogging about your vintage sci-fi month adventures, let us know so you can go ahead and we can share links and share it to a wider world. If you're on Twitter, um, you can always follow the Twitter account that we created specifically to go ahead and spread the word of vintage sci-fi month. It is at vintage sci-fi underscore at vintage sci-fi underscore. That was designed so that we can better encourage people to join into Vintage Sci-Fi Month, keep track of everything that's going on. If you want to follow the founder, Little Red Reviewer, you can find her at Redhead5318 on Twitter. Um, I'm the co-host, so of course, you already know you can find me at Red Star Reviews on Twitter or Instagram. Now, that's kind of the foundation of it. I joined Vintage Sci-Fi Month... um, in 2015. So this will actually be my fifth year taking part in Vintage Sci-Fi Month. It's been a blast. I absolutely love it. Um, There's a lot of reasons why I think this is a great time and and a fun time. First off, I'm getting to read amazing books. Like, I'll go through the list of the books that I've read for Vintage Sci-Fi Month in years gone past to give you some ideas of what you can read and what those books are like. But I have to say that it's there's this concept is a little hard for me to put into words. I apologize for stumbling on it. But it is neat to me to be able to look back into the past and see what humanity thought our future would be like. And it's so neat to go ahead and look back at old sci-fi books that take place now in our past or in our present, and to compare what those look like. In a lot of cases, science fiction extrapolates from the world that it's written in 
to go ahead and envision a future that that writer can see taking place from where he is. Which is why when you look at books that were written during the early stages of the Cold War, right after World War II, you see a lot of reference to atomic warfare. You see a lot of uh, devastation. Um, you see a lot of places where they believe that the world would end in an explosion, basically. And then what would come next after that? Or what would an alien make of our world if it came down here and saw the major superpowers at war? And it's interesting to be able to look into the mind of a creator, uh, you know, an artist at that time, whose medium is words on pages, and be able to see what they envisioned the future would be like. And then it's always neat to go ahead and pick up, say, an Arthur C. Clarke book, such as 2001 or 2010, and read them and see where he thought humanity would be at that time. It's just neat to me. I still remember as a kid watching 2001, reading the book, reading 2010, and just thinking how far away those dates are, and just trying to comprehend what the world would be like at that time and trying to figure out, you know, how old I would be and wondering what I would be doing. Little did I know that in 2015, I would join into Vintage Sci-Fi Month and I could sit down and read 2001 or 2010 and review them. So it's, it's so amazing to me to be able to sit down, pick up a book that was written before I was born, that's sci-fi, where the whole purpose of it is to be able to envision the future and see what sort of future that that author was envisioning. It's just cool. And that's something that I've always enjoyed. And it's neat also to just kind of dive into those eras. Like I said, during the Cold War, right after World War II, you got a lot of people that just saw that there was never going to be a break between the superpowers until Atomic War wiped us out. Then you jump forward into the 1960s and 70s, and you deal with a lot of um, Vietnam War era type things, where it breaks away from the major superpowers into constant guerrilla warfare or major social change, or you get into the 1960s where they were really believing in mental evolution of humanity, and you see where it really buys into a lot of interesting philosophy and mind over matter and where they thought we would go once we started controlling the power of our mind. So it's just neat stuff to dive into and neat stuff to see. Now, some of it um, is still written way past the year that we're currently in. So who knows? They may still be right, but it's just neat. So that's something that has always appealed to me about Vintage Sci-Fi Month is to be able to look back into the minds of creators and see the creation and have it set in the present day or a little bit in the near future and judge kind of where humanity is at this point while also judging where humanity was and the mindsets that were there when they wrote those stories. Um, another thing is you just find good books. Uh, a lot of you have heard of... Uh, author by the name of Frank Herbert. If you haven't, go back and listen to my previous episode for Happy Birthday, Mr. Frank Herbert. Um, and a great example of vintage sci-fi is Dune by Frank Herbert. That's something that still has a lot to teach us and apply to our lives nowadays. 
It's an amazing adventure story. There's incredible characters in there that you can connect with that you might otherwise miss. And I find that with a vintage sci-fi month, it challenges me to go ahead and pick up a few books that I might have gone ahead and skipped over. It's been like, nah, those are outdated. Nah, that doesn't have anything to offer to me. And all of a sudden I open it up and I find out how applicable that book is to my life, to my world, to just everyday life now. It's it's just a neat thing to me. So to me, Vintage Sci-Fi Month is an amazing time where I get to see humanity through different eyes, where I can pick up books that I might otherwise have missed or glossed over, and I get to enjoy authors, and some of which I've never even heard of. There's uh, one of the neat things about helping co-host the month of Vintage Sci-Fi. I get to go ahead and see a lot of the photos that people share and the tweets that people tag and the book reviews. And there's so many books out there that I would have never heard of that really capture my fancy. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, that's just neat. That's interesting. So I go ahead and make a note of it and I pick it up in a future January. So now you might be sitting there saying, okay, well, what am I supposed to do with the books I'm currently reading? Well, that's entirely up to you, but I'll tell you what I do. When January reaches around, if there's any books that I haven't finished yet, I personally set those down, put a bookmark in them, and then I just jump completely into Vintage Sci-Fi Month, and I just go ahead and devote my month to Vintage Sci-Fi Books. Now, as discussed in earlier episodes, I'm a poly reader. I like reading multiple books at a time. I can set down a book for a while and then come back and pick it back up. I've had several people go ahead and tell me that they cannot do that, that they are unable to go ahead and maintain the plot line in their mind for that long, so they just want to go ahead and finish a book. If you want to finish all your books and then just join us at the end of the month, that's okay too. It's really supposed to be a month of fun and fun reading, so don't be stressed about it. Now, we've gone ahead and we've hit what Vintage Sci-Fi Month means to me. We've covered when it was founded um, and already had talked about the basics of it. And yes, uh, in case you missed it earlier, for Vintage Sci-Fi Month, it also includes watching movies and listening to audios. So don't just feel restricted to books. If you want to just pop in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and watch that and enjoy it, guess what? It came out early enough, it's considered Vintage Sci-Fi. You can enjoy that. Um, for those of you like me who were born right around the same time that it came out, I guess that makes us vintage, so we might as well go ahead and rock the title, right? Now, moving right along, um, I want to give you some idea of some of the books that you can get a hold of and enjoy and read by telling you some of the books that I've read through the the Vintage Sci-Fi Months that I've enjoyed. So here's some awesome books. The very first Vintage Sci-Fi Month that rolled around that I joined in in 2015, I decided that I was going to read two books. One was one that I had read years ago and forgotten, and then another was um, new to me. So the first one that I picked up was Arthur C. Clarke, Rendezvous with Rama. I had read that ages ago and had forgotten the plot line and just knew that, well, I knew that there was an alien spaceship and that we rendezvoused with it. But I forgot the details of the book, so I went ahead and picked it up and I went and read it. And y'all, y'all, Arthur C. Clarke is a visionary 
like when he sat down the technology that he would envision in his mind and that he would see humanity having interestingly enough a lot of that technology we have pursued and we have gained such as satellites so it's just neat and also i don't know if y'all knew about this but a year or so ago a cylindrical object flew through our um, solar system and went on past the sun and hey I'm, i'm not saying that that was rama but it was a lot like the whole plot line of Rama. And if we had had some spaceships that could have caught it, who knows what we could have found out. Our loss there is humanity, I'm guessing, right? So Arthur C. Clarke's Rendezvous with Rama, it was enjoyable. It was a little dry. I'll go ahead and say I find Arthur C. Clarke's writing to be a little dry. And when he partners with other authors, I find that they helped bring out a little bit more liveliness to his characters. Um, now the other book that I went ahead and read was Gordon R. Dixon, Hour of the Horde. How to say that properly? Hour of the Horde. It's hard to say. Now that is Hour of the Horde, H-O-R-D-E. Um, before you think that it was some form of a romance novel. Uh, it was an interesting look into the mindset of where Gordon R. Dixon thought the power of the mind would be into the future. Gordon R. Dixon, and he's, you're going to find that I've read a lot of his books during this time. He is definitely a believer in evolution and in the evolutionary power of the human mind. And then once we can evolve our mind, so many other changes will take place. That's a common theme in a lot of vintage sci-fi. With our, the, (laughs) I'm sorry, Hour of the Horde, um, with that book, he went ahead and he had a invasion from one galaxy to the next, which, I mean, almost scientifically impossible, but I guess it is possible with advanced species, but in their mindsets, they were jumping from galaxy to galaxy to galaxy because they were right next to each other, which, I mean, yeah, if you, if they can do that, I'm impressed. But this spacefaring race was just going from galaxy to galaxy to galaxy, devastating all the resources and then moving on to another galaxy. And a couple other races have been coming from the galaxies they've been destroyed and we're trying to band together and fight against them. And they're getting all the living people and, and aliens in one galaxy to work together, to make a stand and humanity joined in. And that's another neat thing about Vintage Sci-Fi Month some of the things that they're trying to do really don't scientifically make sense now. But it's just neat to see. It's fun to see. Um, So that book I really enjoyed. thought it was very creative and a lot of fun, even though there's just such huge scientific impossibilities that they just glossed right over. Um, A book that I read that I thought I would love and that I've been looking forward to reading so much that I ended up absolutely hating. Yep, you heard me right. I ended up hating this book was Titan by John Varley. I was super excited about this book. I had wanted to read it for years. I finally had a chance to read it. I went ahead, I got a copy of it, planned to read it, look forward to reading it. And y'all, it's awful. I'm sorry. It was a total and complete train wreck that was just next to impossible to look away from. It really read like, ah, 
it really read like some horny teenager was sitting there writing all of their fantasies in several different ways. It just was embarrassing to read and at certain points just massively disappointing to read. Um, but if reading about uh, the genitalia of centaurs for about a page and a half is appealing to you, then hey, that might be the book for you. I'm just saying that it was really awkwardly done that the main lady characters that they created really seemed to be there more for him to be able to act out his fantasies than they did to grow his people and characters. And that I found the whole story underwhelming, to put it bluntly. So I really don't recommend that. Um, I rarely give negative reviews because I try to avoid books that I think I'm not going to enjoy. That was an absolute train wreck. And I just had to see how that train wreck was going to turn out. Because it was Vintage Sci-Fi Month, so it's a time to get to experiment with awful books sometimes. They can't all be winners, I guess. Um, Then a couple other books that I've read. I finally went ahead and read uh, Philip K. Dick's um, Do Androids Stream of Electronic Sheep? Many of y'all are familiar with Blade Runner. Um, You might not know that it's based on a novella. And it's a really interesting story. I found it to be very compelling and really different from the movie. Um, they took a lot of liberty with the film, we'll say. But the film itself is really enjoyable. The story that it's based upon, I found it to still be insightful into humanity, into how we're handling things, and how so many people want to go ahead and avoid emotional connections and I found just the story itself to be captivating and that's one neat thing about Vintage Sci-Fi Month. It gives you a chance if there's a story that's been around for you know 40 years that you've been wanting to read, here's a chance to read it. Um, Moving right along, an author that I truly love and I highly recommend, um, Frank Herbert. Uh, last year I hosted a group read of Dune by Frank Herbert, and it brought together over 40 readers, um, some who have read and loved Dune and are very familiar with Dune, and a host of others who had never read it before but were willing to give it a chance. And we had an amazing time. Uh, each weekend we had a certain chapter that we had to read to, and then we'd have group conversations and direct messaging on Instagram and on Twitter to go ahead and talk about it. And at the end of it all, some of us even got together um, online and watched the 1980s movie version of Dune, which was a lot of fun. Got to see the space pug, long live Atreides. Um, And it just was a great experience getting to go ahead and join together with so many people to read and experience Dune. And I got to experience Frank Herbert's book through their eyes, which was a very rewarding experience for me. Uh, So I had a blast with that. And immediately once I finished it, I went ahead and picked up Doom Messiah and just enjoyed reading on in the series. Because it's next to impossible for me to read Dune without reading Doom Messiah. And then it's next to impossible for me not to read Children of Dune right after that. And then it's next to impossible not to go on to God Emperor of Dune. I have to stop myself from reading those books so I can go ahead and focus on other books. Because I love reading and rereading Frank Herbert's books. I also used that time to go ahead and dive into some of Frank Herbert's other works. Um, I hadn't read Whipping Star and the Dosati Experiment, um, his consentient novels, and those were really enjoyable. They are not on the level of Dune. It's different, um, 
completely unrelated to it. And the concept, again, it's a little bit scientifically dodgy of the concept of those stars having sentience. Um, Not necessarily that I don't think that stars are alive. It's just more along the lines of the communications with humanity that they had was a little bit odd, we'll just say. Um, But it was just neat to get to read those books and experience something other than Dune written by Frank Herbert and see how his mind just was so creative in so many ways. Um, Another book that I read and loved was Mindbridge by Joe Haldeman. Uh, Many of you are familiar with Joe Haldeman from The Forever War. If you're not and you haven't read The Forever War, there's an excellent book for Vintage Sci-Fi Month. Um, Mindbridge is incredible, though. I really enjoyed that book. It was such an interesting look into the minds of the characters. Joe Haldeman has an amazing way to go ahead and create believable characters and to bring you through scientific thought with, but make it interesting. Um, I don't want it to sound like he's just throwing out theories. There are scientific theories inside his work, but he brings it down to a level where the everyday reader can go ahead, read and enjoy his work. Because trust me, I am not a scientist. Um, I just read sci-fi. But the um, science that's inside of there, he makes it understandable to the average person like me who just wants a good story. Um, Mindbridge is an amazing one about searching for alien life, about uh, teleportation, about what happens to humanity when we go out and experience the other. I just truly enjoyed it. And like I said, if you've not read The Forever War by the same author, you really should read The Forever War. Um, It's right up there with Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein, which is another great uh, vintage sci-fi book if you haven't read it. It's much, 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 much better than the movie that they made. Um, I highly recommend Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein. Uh, Now, that brings me to the main author that you've probably noticed that I read, over the course of Vintage Sci-Fi Months, and that's Gordon R. Dixon. Um, he is the author of The Child Cycle, which is an 18-novel series that I am pretty sure it's 18 novels. I might have to check Wikipedia again, that I'm currently working my way through. Um, each year, I read another one or two books inside the series. Uh, they have such amazing titles as Soldier Ask Not, um, Tactics of Mistake, no Room for Man, The Genetic General. It's, it's, it's creative. It's enjoyable. Again, uh, you're dealing with someone writing back in the 60s who's thinking about the evolutionary power of mankind's mind once it finally gets unlocked. Where would it go? What could we do? What sort of superhumans could we become? Um, how would mind over matter take place? And Each year, like I said, I go ahead and I read a little bit further in the child cycle. And I keep finding it to be rewarding with every new book I read. I just enjoy it so much. So he's one that I'll carry on reading. Um, Now, that's just a list of books that I've read. There are a host of vintage sci-fi books that are out there that you could go ahead, get a hold of, read, enjoy, blog about it, tweet about it, um, post on Instagram about it. Use the hashtag Vintage Sci-Fi Month so we can go ahead and identify it and share it and, and share that joy alongside of you. 
If you have questions, you're welcome to go ahead and message me, ask me questions about it. Um, and I also want to let you know that uh, this year, this January, um, that one of the books that I'm going to be reading, I'm opening up to a group read if anyone's interested in joining me. I'll be posting more details about it later. But um, a vintage sci-fi book that's quite famous that I have not read all the way through is Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. That's one thing I love about vintage sci-fi is you get great titles. But Stranger in a Strange Land is a book that I feel as a sci-fi reader I should have already read. Years ago, years and years ago, I picked it up, read the first couple chapters, and set it back down. I was already trying to read a few different books, and that one just didn't catch me. But I really feel like I want to read it because it's something that took on cultural significance in so many ways. And so I just want to go ahead and give it another shot. And uh, I've already talked to a couple other readers and they were interested in reading it too. So we decided to go ahead and make that a group read. So like I said, um, if you want to take part in a group read for Vintage Sci-Fi Month and you're not sure what to read, you're welcome to go ahead and join me. Get a copy of Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. And I'll post more details about that coming up. And for um, those of you who are on Twitter or on Instagram, I want to go ahead and let you know that I will be hosting a giveaway that for everyone who tweets or posts an Instagram picture with Vintage Sci-Fi Month as their hashtag on it, um, I'll go ahead and write those down. And I will, um, at the end of it all, I will be giving away a book. A vintage sci-fi book, which I'll go ahead and I'll share a little bit later um, as the month draws closer. Just want to go ahead and let you know that a giveaway will be available. So hopefully you'll join in because that will be a lot of fun. And yes, that giveaway will be open internationally. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, go ahead and let me know or um, check with a little red reviewer. The month of January is approaching quickly. And with the Vintage Sci-Fi Month, and I hope that you'll join us in this year, if not this year, then next year, because we'll be hosting it again in the future. Like I said, this is one of my favorite reading times, and so I hope that you join. It's an absolute blast. And also, again, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Hope you have a wonderful evening.